it's nine days to go until Underline comes out. How, how are you yep. feeling? Uh, it feels pretty surreal. Like, I feel like uh, releasing an album is kind of like, I don't want to say the stages of grief, you know, but it's like, yeah. you know, I've had days where I'm like, wow, you know, so bummed out. <laughs> like, what if nobody likes it? And then I have other days where I'm like, this is the sickest shit in the world. And now I'm just like in the, you know, whatever, whatever happens, happens. You know what I mean? Like, I just have to accept the fate that I'm like, I did the best I could. So, um, you know, I'm excited for people to hear it, though. I think it's like the first, like, full endeavor where there's like a full fleshed out, you know what I mean? Like, all these different little avenues and shit to go down. So there's so much packed into it that I'm like excited to see, like, how people digest it. Because, like, it has, like, I don't say it's been a long time coming, but you have, like, you, if you go back to what, like, even like five six years like you've gone from doing like soundcloud kind of like trap like metal blending mm-hmm. all that and then obviously you know i've got a few questions about other projects and whatnot i mean i guess how was sort of if you go back like to the soundcloud days to like where you're, how was that general like transition being from just soundcloud stuff to kind of where you're at now well what's funny is like everything felt like i don't i've never like thought about it mm. that much like i never was like i'm gonna change my sound or anything it just was more or less like the less something else was happening the more something else would happen if that makes any sense yeah. so like when i first started like uploading tracks where it was like the super industrial beats and just me yelling over them i had a band at the time you know like a like metalcore hardcore band that i was in and writing for so i had no need to like do any metal stuff but i couldn't rap so i was like i can yell you know what i mean and then that band disbanded mm-hmm. And like all the new things I've written for it were already like in a space that I was kind of moving towards. So it was like, as I didn't have a band anymore, I was just like, well, I still want to play guitar. You know, I mean, like I'm still a guitar player. I still like writing like real drum stuff. So it just kept like, you know, until I came to the point where I'm like, I don't even know where it starts or begins anymore. Like, it's just like very much like the amalgamation of all of my interests musically just like colliding and me referencing so many weird things with other things. Yeah, I can say but, you mentioned like the record does, like there are a lot of things because there is like even there's like the black metal stuff, which I assume comes from one of your previous projects. And especially, you know, there is like the industrial stuff. There's like even like the trap bits in there as well. So it's just like the general kind of like metal. And I guess doing bands and projects and all those different bits probably gives you a decent experience. But when it kind of like came down to I don't want to say merging because that probably, you know, but how, how was it almost kind of like managing those influences and saying that like, how would I make all these genres and sounds that I think are great? How do I then merge yeah. them to a record? I guess, like, how did you do that? I think what's funny is, so like I have a live band that plays with me and whatnot. And yeah. They're who I reference a lot. I mean, they played some of the instruments on the album and uh, the joke is always it's like a joke but it's serious is that i'm like trying to figure out how to write like do something really simple in the most roundabout way always mm-hmm. and so like you know uh there's like a bunch of like guitar moments on this album that are not guitar and like my only goal was to like write something without guitar that was like still really heavy and so it would just be like, I think because I'm always referencing something that's like um, tangible in another format and just referencing it in a really abstract way, mm-hmm. for me, it's always just been like, you know, 
yeah, like it makes sense. Why not just put them together? So when I was writing the record, it would be like, I didn't even necessarily like think like I'm going to write this type of song. I would just, I have like probably like 60 instrumentals when I was writing this record. And then as I started writing lyrics and whatnot, it just like naturally, I would just be like, yeah, this one goes on the album. Like it just makes sense to me. Like it just like, I don't know how to, it wasn't necessarily like a conscious thought of like, oh, well, like this one references, like it'll make these two make sense to people or anything like that. Like even, you know, I guess power would be probably the most like closely related to that in the regards of like, I was like, I just want to write like a nineties industrial metal, just like ass beater. Mm. And that was it. You know what I mean? But outside of that, like I just know when I get there, (laughs) I just am exploring and exploring and like sifting through. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh yeah, this is it. Perfect. Like that's as deep as I can really get into it. So hard to explain like the except the aesthetic outside of my head. Yeah, I get that. And uh, I think, I think what's kind of what's cool about it is that especially once you get through it, there's so many different ways to almost, because it bounces on, like I said, there's like, there's like power, but there's also like the stuff towards the end, which is more kind of like, you know, industrial and all that. And then obviously there's a few Batman bits as well. Like there's so many different songs that like people can then get into and be drawn to. So rather than just being like completely evil, like one or two dimensional, yeah. a bit like, you know, the way I, but it's always the obvious example, a bit like for way like Loeb do it, for example. Is that there's just so yeah, many different areas. It's like it'll be sort of, I guess, with different entry points into the record for some different people. So I can imagine that. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, I don't know if this is the intention was that you'll get made different people who who come from different. I guess, like, I don't want to say backgrounds who who generally have different music tastes, being able to get into the record. Totally. Well, I don't know if that's intentional. Yeah, I think. Not, but yeah, so it really wasn't intentional, but really. And like the afterthought, once we'd come home and it was in the mixing process, mm. I was like, um, yeah, my only goal really was to just like be really honest and write what I want to write. And I felt like I felt very one dimensional, you know, like up until like the ever growing wound in the EP before that, it felt like I knew what people were expecting from me all the yeah. time. And it was like very one trick pony. I was like, how am I? You know, I was making those songs when I was young. I was like mm-hmm. 19 when I first started dropping things on SoundCloud, yelling over stuff. And then I started thinking about like, you know, what does it look like when I'm like 35, 40? You know what I mean? Because that music was young man's music. And so I just was like, I want to write all the things that I want to write, you know, whether it's accepted or not. And so within that, it was like, there's going to be a really soft song on the album. You know what I mean? There's going to be like a really weird, like, ambient deftones inspired style song like with break beats and shit like i was just like my goal is is that once i lay this groundwork i can go in any direction and it'll always make sense if you have this as a reference point i mean yeah it's like the the first map if you will like it shows you the trails and it's like if you just listen to this whatever this other thing i did it all it all makes sense it like all leads back to home you know and then within that, once we got to the other side, I was like, oh, whoa, you know, like talking with people and showing people the record. And they were like, you know, it's kind of saying the same thing where they're just like, this is like a real album where they were like, there's so many things for people to get into. But it was a joke because Kurt Blue, when we were recording the record, we finished tracking, uh, pulling out a thread. And he was like, you better hope this doesn't become your most popular song. <laughs> 
for better or for worse. I mean, I guess kind of you can talk a bit like coming home. Then I guess kind of touching a bit on you know the stuff that you did. Does because obviously you've done like you know your musical work, but also like producer work. Do you think doing yeah. those both those sides of it gave you almost like allowed you to kind of, I don't want to say like find yourself, but give you all that to then do this because there are some artists and it takes them like a good like two or three records to truly kind of find the music and they want to write and make and I guess yeah I just kind of repeat my own question but do you feel that kind of has been a massive part of it as well yeah I think definitely like because I first the first time I like wrote down the word and underline like the phrase and underline home mm -hmm. I think it was 2019 and I had a demo or like maybe two and I was like I think that's it. I think that's the name of my album. And from then on out, it was kind of just like, if it didn't feel right, then I wasn't going to do it was kind of the idea. And within that, I think it just like, that's, I like, I isolated myself a lot. So like, you know, it just really did become to the point where it was just like, when I would write all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is like my music, you know, as silly as that sounds, but it was like, I would write something and be like, this is what I wanted to hear, even though it doesn't like uh, necessarily like without thinking I'm going to write this type of song that sounds like another band or like inspired by this thing, just coming to a place where I'd be like, oh, like this sounds like me to me at least. So like, I guess that's it. But also like being a producer and like working on all the stuff that I work on all the time, every time I'm like working on another record, you know, it's like, compared to like painting but you work with an artist and they like request something out of you that they're looking to do and it's like another paintbrush you know that I then get to add to my tool belt that like when I go back to my own space for my own music I now have another like paintbrush that I would have never thought of before because somebody else pushed me outside of my box so I think I'm very grateful to be able to work on other people's music you know it gives me so much exploration to like learn new things and also not be stuck in my own sonic space forever yeah yeah because just writing my music and like being consumed by my own world would be like kind of miserable which is why i have so many like you know there's so many secret side projects on the internet of mine because it's just like you know i get burnt out and i'm like i'm just gonna write a whole new thing release it and it feels good and then like that's it yeah i mean i've got, I've got like yeah because i have yeah, listen to a few side projects. Obviously, there's like misery, misery, isn't it, right? Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, and there's kind of misery, but it's oh, kind of when I'm like, yeah, like Red Mora, not Red Mora, Med Mirror, yeah. like Bruce Crow and all that. But I was there to see yeah. that as well. That misery whip, whip was written, uh, not written by. Sorry, my words getting all mixed up. Um, it was mixed by um, Brendan and Hunter down at Sound, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, like they were, they were, they were a bunch of, they they were kind of really a bunch of cool projects. I was like, yeah, cool ass have, dudes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and obviously what they're doing with like Sucker Frame now is sick as well. So and I'm doing as well. Yeah, and there's a lot of good shit coming up. Yeah. I've got, I'm going to ask you about stuff you've been listening to recently later. But I guess I'm going out to production stuff. Is that how was it for you? Because I, I've got my information, but you there was someone else kind of doing the production one. It wasn't there on underlying them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how like how was that for you being like and how I guess how did that work and like how was that for you having for like almost let somebody else do it 
Yeah, no, 100%. It was definitely like uh, these songs were already written when we went to the studio. Like, in because I am a, like a programmer when it comes to like synths and drum machines and, you know, Ableton and all that stuff. Like, when we got there, these songs were already like at 85%, probably, yeah. you know? And uh, I always, you know, have been the person that's like, okay, well, I'm just going to mix it because I know what I want to sound like. I'm going to master it. I'm going to have my best friend master it because I know. But it was kind of like, uh, it was liberating, I would say. And also, I went to like two people that I like whose music and work I respect so much that I was like, you know, like I'm in good hands. Like I can have trust in these situations. Like that's why I went to Kurt and Steve because you know, Kurt is like one of my biggest influences, like, you know, outside of Converge being like, you know, one of my favorite bands of all time, his production work is like so many records that were like, so like important to my growth as a musician, you know, I would be like, who makes this? And then boom, Kurt, you know what I mean? It was always that. So then to go there with him and, uh, you know, him treat me like a, like a contemporary and not like a kid, you know, and hear my ideas out. It like definitely built them up, like uh, some trust up. And as we went through the process, he started understanding a lot more what like what the goal was, mm-hmm. and it allowed me to like let go a bit more. So there's like all sorts of little like Kurt and Steve moments on the album that are like, you know, the like the end of uh, Drift Below. There's this like crazy weird sounding synth that just like rises over and over again it sounds like it's kind of oscillating and it's not even a synth it was we were just tracked it and then kurt just randomly was like what what scale is this in? like what's the root now told him he tuned this guitar to an open tuning and then like put a reverb on it was like just control this reverb he was like if you're okay with this and i was like yeah dude, do it and he was like doing some crazy slide guitar and like making me hold the decay and stuff. And like it ended up being the outro of Drip Below. And it's like, you know, little things like that all over the record where he just was like, once he understood it, he was like, oh no, dude, like we need to, we have to double track this or like, you know, do this weird little thing on the guitar you would have never thought to do. It'll work out, I promise. And every single time it did. So, yeah, I think there's, like, yeah, there's super free. Yeah, there's a lot of like songs on the album that I just like, I like, like quite enjoy because. Like there are some albums listen to it's kind of very much like you listen to it once and like you've heard pretty much like all of it and yeah. like, i have found that the more i kind of yeah listen to it and kind of go through it there are those more like interesting to like i mean especially kind of on the second half for example as well which i mean was having the second half being i guess i don't know if atmospheric atmospheric is the word you would use but was it was that intentional to have that kind of being more on that style yeah, I mean, like, thematically, I guess the most I'll give away is, um, like, this album is very much, like, about my own inner workings, like, mm-hmm. me as a person. But the way the album progresses is it's, like, you know, more helpless, more aggressive, more, uh, like, con- like, contemplative. And then, for me, the bookend was, like, you get to drift below. And that's kind of your like first dive into like a strange sonic space. And Adrian's the bookend. Mm-hmm. Adrian's supposed to be like the the light moment before it gets really dark and contemplative. Yeah. So it was kind of like to me, I was like, 
if this could be, you know, not necessarily like it's not truly like an A to B or something, but I definitely wanted it to be like you start somewhere that feels familiar. And by the time you get to the very end, you know, it's like a new space that's like all enveloping was kind of the idea. Yeah. Like I wanted it to feel like you were like you start in something that's very upfront, very close to you. And then by the time you get to the end, it feels kind of like you're like uh, in a void, if you will, like where you're just like, you know, the pressure of everything's just like gigantic and you kind of just feel like you're in something huge. Because mm, that then, I guess, I, I, I assume that then impacted kind of what would be the single choice, because obviously power and then echo being the two singles is that kind of you want to then just keep that second half as a complete surprise for people. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And like, there will be more music videos for the record, mm -hmm. but you know, nothing that will give away anything before the record fully comes out. Because for me, like my main goal is like, I like singles, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But uh, I really wanted to make a record that it was like, you start and then you end at the finish line. You know what I mean, yeah. like I wanted to make an album that like, if you shuffled, but it didn't make sense, but like everything is so in tandem with each other that, I really wanted to make like a front to back record where it's like everything informs the next thing. Like there's so many things that like, I obviously like, I haven't really listened to the album, you know, cause I'm just <laughs> yeah. like been working on it, but I did a re-listen like probably a week ago. And there's things that even I forget now that I was like, wow. Like, I think the thing for me was like noticing how many layers deep things go. If you just read the lyrics start to finish, like, there are so many little things that I'm, I turn phrases so many times until you get to like kind of the end all be all at the end that you're getting tidbits of the last chapter throughout the whole entire record. Okay. And then you get to the very end and then you read the lyrics and it's everything you've witnessed before, but recontextualized. But I like completely forgot really how much I had painstakingly done that. Mm -hmm. And then I re-listened to the record and was like, this is fucking sick, dude. So, well, I think I had to re-listen yeah, uh, with, with that in mind and see what. Yeah, see what I can find. If you, yeah, there's like motifs throughout the album too that I think it'll take people a while to notice. But even when you like the one Easter egg I'll give away is if, when you start the album. Yeah. If you turn it up max volume, it's for four seconds i think the piano line that is the motif for the whole entire record is buried super quietly in the background and it also is at the end of the last ep very very faintly as kind of like a through line but that piano line that is buried at the beginning is like hidden throughout the whole entire record like over and over again used in different contexts so yeah i'll have to try and find i thought you were going to say but on the kind of part song i think it's the disconnect if you turn up loud enough you can hear the yeah. metronome in the song yeah, around right the start. Yeah, I, was, no. I thought you were going to say that, and I was going to be like, no, no. Um, yeah, no, no metro. Yeah, no metro on this one. Um, and I suppose with this one as well, like, it's going all. I, mean, I know it's Bleak House, just you and a few other artists, which is, but it is mainly kind of like an independent thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess how, like, how has that been for you? Kind of like, what challenges have there been, or has it, has for you, has it been like you wouldn't want to ever go, go down the label route, or do you much prefer in it? Because I guess, for example, with the single stuff, what you get of labels is saying, right, you're doing four singles, or you're doing five singles. Is I guess yeah. being independent, I guess, is a mix of, it is more work, but then you do get that freedom to have those kind of choices. I think for me, it's a little bit of both. It's like much as like, uh, people 
I think this album will make me make sense to people. Mm-hmm. But before this, like, I think the labels don't understand what I do. You know what I mean? They either think I'm like, um, gonna do SoundCloud rap, mm-hmm. or they think it's gonna be like, uh, rap music, like, Lip Biscuit Nine Inch Nails, if that makes any sense. Mm. So I think for me, it's like I have a distrust of people understanding the vision fully. And, um, you know, I'm not opposed to a label. Like, absolutely. Uh, it's a lot of work <laughs> doing this. Just like everything for this whole record has been done, like, via my friends and myself or like via my friends and some of our connections. And like, that's it. So it has been like a workload, but, um, you know, it does have its payoff. I think there's like a greater, the winds feel bigger when you're doing this all DIY. So, you know, when something good happens, you're like, well, you know, me and my friends did this. You know I mean? There was no label. Like there was no Instagram ad, like campaign via a fucking 15 person team at Mm. so-and-so records. You know what I mean? Like this was all completely in house. So like, that's a win. Yeah, because I mean that's something that I had in mind. Because I guess I guess because when you're on a label, you do get the stuff like Instagram ads. Like there are there have been bands that I like you just get followed around everywhere by them. It's like I've already pre-ordered the vinyl. You don't need to spam me with adverts and whatnot. Because obviously there are things like Discord, for example, now and like YouTube and doing all that, which were which are kind of a bit a lot of to us a lot of bands don't do it too well, but they are kind of like they just do it now for the sake of it. But like you was that always those kind of you know, even a few years back now, those different ways of do things that labels aren't doing already, um, you know, it's, where it is just fostering that Discord community who will then go out and, you know, spread the good word and whatnot, is having those different ways of, I guess, I don't want to say marketing, but I guess we're promoting better, having those different ways of how I promote this. Did that yeah. also kind of something that you thought about doing it kind of more independently? Yeah, I think uh, because I've been on the internet for so long, you know like my music was a part of the internet and now i'm like trying to bring it more to the real world now in the last like two years those were things that were like natural progressions to me i learned pretty early on even just like soundcloud times when i like never wanted to be a person that was like a link spammer you know like everybody remembers the days bands on facebook like like our band page like our band page they still still do it well they used to have anymore but you still like they'll add you on facebook Instagram as well, they'll follow you and it's like, you're on my, on my personal account. Like, why are you following my personal account, which is locked? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, have you personally, like for me personally as well, have I ever become a fan of someone because of that? No. No. Like, yeah. I learned pretty early on that I was just like, you know, when I could find communities and like support other people and find other things to be inspired by, people return that favor and like they return the love of that. So um, it was like, like, even discord my friend was like you should start a discord you know and this was like years ago and i was like yeah sure i don't really understand it why not we'll do it and then all of a sudden it was like there's like kids in my discord who like collaborate with each other and like share each other's stuff and like you know what i mean there's like a little creative community in there where people yeah. can like discuss things and stuff and i was like yeah this is awesome youtube for me like there exists another king yosef youtube that has like thirteen thousand subscribers <laughs> Okay. But it was like all producer stuff. Oh, okay. And so that was just like, I was like, oh, I'm making beats. How do I get beats out there? Use YouTube. And this is like 2013. 
And so that was already like a part of my, I was just like, that's just what you do versus you'll talk to other people who are like, it's more specifically like typical, like, you know, four to five people bands where they're like, we get together, we write music. What do we do after that? You know what I mean? And I think it's because it's always been like, that's like the, not that it's not hard, but I write the music. I already have all of it myself. I don't have to go to a studio if I don't want to. So then I'm like, what do I do with my music? I have the files, you know, whereas like some bands never even see the like wave files of their own music, you know? So they're like, how do we make a like Instagram reel with our song? You know? Yeah. I think just being on the internet for so long and participating in internet communities kind of just like led to a natural progression of how I use it to like market or promote my music. I don't know. I, I, I don't use my mic. So it's a bit of a, not this yeah. dirty work, but yeah, I think yeah, I think Discord is it great. does feel dirty. Yeah, like Discord is great for that, especially that collaborative stuff. Because obviously, a few like I'm in the one with um, like Vincent Boyd and all that, and that's how I've like people are covering that. That's how I found bands like Papercut, for example, like Hitbox. Yep, people like that. So I think yeah, it's a great resource. I think I just think a lot of bands have kind of like they'll jump on the bandwagon and kind of be like, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but we've been told by a label we've got to have one, so it's there, and we've got to kind of tweet every now and then. Yeah. Exactly. Over the year, you work. You have you work with Dark Complex, for example. There's the stat address mm-hmm. stuff. There's like the youth code stuff. How how do like those things come about? Because I'm I'm gonna assume that's not all through Discord. But I guess how do like those kind of collaborations then kind of come around? All very naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really big on not forcing anything, you know. And uh, maybe it would be better if I was sometimes, but. For me personally, I'm just like, I'm never going to do anything where it feels like I'm like bothering someone or it feels uncomfortable where there's like a strange friction. So like even as far back as like the dark complex stuff, mm. um, I think that was 2017. So yeah, I've been like a Widow fan since I was like a young teenager. So mm. watching the EP come out and like that whole entire rollout. Um, was super sick and then obviously the name change and then uh tom bass player of dark complex just randomly followed me which at the time you know i was like 18 17 and i was like holy shit you know no way one of the people from dark complex followed me but i was like i'm not gonna say anything about it i'm gonna act really cool and he just dm me a couple days later and was like hey we're trying to do some like rap stuff we like what you do we see what you're doing would you work on the record? And I was like, yes. They were like, we have a crazy deadline that's like literally two days. And I was like, okay, I'm on like a family vacation right now, but I'll just stay in my hotel room and make music for two days. So I did that. And then like, you know, like the static dress stuff, like I found static dress. I want to say after like safe word came out, like the day safe word came out. Yeah. I was like yeah. two years, two, three years ago. Now, wasn't it? Must have been. It was like 2020. I think it was like, it was right in the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was like, wow, this is sick. Like, this is so reminiscent of such a specific time frame. I was like, this is cool. And so I just randomly like followed Ollie, followed Static Dress, you know, it was just like, cool. And Ollie then followed me back and then like retweeted one of my songs. And so I just DM'd him and was like, hey, dude, you know, I love what you're doing. You know, please keep it up. And then he was like, we'd love to work with something, like work with you on something at some point. I was like, oh yeah, for sure. You know, which like, 
let's work on something is kind of like let's get lunch for musicians mm -hmm. it's like you know you say it as like a nice thing but generally it's not going to happen um and then yeah we worked up with each other on some video stuff and then you know we just like facetime each other all like randomly all the time and just like chatting and then one day he just called me and was like hey i have this song and my like my voice doesn't work for the part like i need something gnarly yeah I'm, i remember saying i think yeah i remember about when i the twitch streams being like that just part didn't fit my voice i had to get someone else to do it yeah so he just called me he was like i need you to like do your voice on this part i have the lyrics like it's all good to go just you know record a couple tracks call it good and i was like cool feels natural like sounds good it was so easy and like not stressful you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it, it made sense it felt good and so therefore like that's how it happened same thing with like youth code i was just like a fan of youth code they just reached out to me one day and we're like we like what you're doing and we started facetiming all the time just like chatting throughout the pandemic they're like we should do a whole album together and i was like sounds awesome let's do it so yeah i think for me like collaboration is like i'm always asking myself do i want to do it and does it feel good and if it meets those two requirements then i will do it but I'll never do anything out of like, oh, well, like this is like a good career move. Yeah. You know, like it's not necessarily how I feel about it. Is it's like, am I getting something creatively out of this that I wouldn't get anywhere else? But yeah, we both we both found you um, through the dark complex stuff. Max Max would show you his point of living CD that he's got, uh, which he's very proud. That's of. crazy. Um, That's sick. But yeah, like I know, like I know a bunch of my mates like found you after like Stadjester, for example, because they're like obviously UK, but like Stadjester, like. I guess yeah. they're kind of they're very popular here now, kind of after the last year or so. But a lot of people just like found you flat. I'm just like this guy is is very good. Um, so yeah, I think that all Thank those and it's cool like having somebody just be doing like a bunch of because you get obviously like there is a lot of like of the page stuff for example, it's the main one. Yeah, and it just kind of like it doesn't really do. It's just they're there on the record. Um, I feel like yeah, all yeah. the all the collaborations like you've done. Um, yeah, Rico, I know, like, I know, I know, like, some example, like, Arista X, like, all the collaboration she does, like, she always improves or enhances the record in a way. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, you're the, you're the same. So, yeah, it will be really yeah. good, is what I'm trying to say, a really long way. <laughs> um, and I guess, kind of, with your own project as well, because someone wanted to ask about this as well, actually, on the point of, like, Misery Whip, like, is it all just kind of like King Joseph now, would, you know, stuff like Misery Whip is that? Is there potential for like other side projects to come back or new ones and, and whatnot? I think right now is it's like, like there will be new Bruce core eventually when I have the time and I can take the week to like sit down and write that, like that'll come back. But I think everything's just like King Yosef's going to be my main focal point for a while. Yeah. But when I'm not creatively getting what I want out of this, because I feel like I'm, you know, I mean, not that I'm restricted, but like, I know what I want to do here um that's when i venture off into other things but like i still write for misery whip and like in producing that uh they have a filling guitar player for me just because mm -hmm. i can't always play shows but like we're starting to write that full length so between bruce core misery whip king yosef and then like i have ideas for other side projects of things that i'm like does this fit in the king yosef universe or not you know like i have like an instrumental tape of stuff that just sounds like like Boards of Canada and Aphex Twin that I like constantly just like will make a song and add mm -hmm. to. So um, yeah, it really just always depends on like 
if I feel creatively like nurtured. And if I don't feel good in one place, then I know I have another place to go explore. And like, yeah. so I don't think any of the side projects will ever be like fully out of commission. They just might be long hiatuses as much as like, you know I mean? I just want to do right by all of them all the time. And that's the biggest yeah. like time consumer really. Yeah, so I can, yeah, I can imagine it is probably, yeah, time consuming and like creative demanding as well, having to just do all those, do all those things. So, and yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, fair play. And I guess kind of a slight tangent because I forgot to ask one earlier. Obviously you had Cameron, who I've got quickly was in Punishment Suite before, still is. Um, uh, was in Punishment Suite. And yeah, then he's no Lin- longer in Punishment Suite. Yeah, then Lyndon joined the band, I guess, what are the story behind both, yeah, Cameron and Lyndon joining and kind of yeah. both studio stuff and then also live stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Lynn, I met her when she was doing some fill in bass stuff mm-hmm. on a tour and we've been like mutuals via the dark complex stuff um, for a couple of years, you know, but never met just like Instagram DMs every once in a while. And then she came through and was opening for, from Indian lakes, which is like one of my favorite like indie bands of my teenage years. And she was like, you and your girlfriend should come. I'll put you guys on guest list. And we're like, cool. Showed up, hung out with her. And then they needed a place to crash that night. So we're like, yeah, crash. And then she was like, you know, if you ever need drums for something, let me know. I was like, okay, yeah, you know. And then as I started thinking about playing live, I was like, well, I need drums. And so I tweeted about it. I just was like, I need a drummer in Portland, you know. And she replied, living in Texas. And was like, I will fly up just to play drums for you. And I was like, okay, cool. And so that like locked in. And then uh, before Cameron, I had a friend named, I have a friend named Jeremiah. (laughs) Nothing happened to Jeremiah. (laughs) But uh, he was playing with us for a while, like two dates, practicing and whatnot. But it was just like too much for him. So the role that Cameron is now in was kind of like loose on what it was going to be. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to like even explain what Cameron does to people. But um, Cameron moved up here, like moving back from a different state. And then I was just like, hey dude, would you play with me? You know, as like a higher gun basically. Then he was like, yeah, you teach me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Like, I, easy. So then when it came, came time to record the record, I was just like, you know, I already had programmed everything, but I was like, well then, Lynn's going to play this all live. Why shouldn't she play the drums on the record? It was, it was like a camaraderie experience in the regards of like, well, they'll just come with me to the studio. And then they get to learn these songs as like avidly as possible. And they all get to kick it in like a new environment and like do things. So yeah, Cameron tracked all the bass on the record and then Lynn did all the drums. And then she did play a guitar part too on the record too, because I wrote it and then couldn't play it well. Yeah, I should think oh, was that in one of was that in the second vlog that went out? In the yesterday? second, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, I'm yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, um, so she plays guitar on the crevice actually, because I wrote the riff and then was like, wow, every time I play it, it sounds like a really bad version of itself. Um, but yeah, so. It just like, uh, it was one of those things where I did like, I didn't think about it that much. It just was like, this makes sense to me. I'll just do it. And so, yeah, now they, 
are both in as long as they're free, then they're the band right now. Yeah. Um, Lynn has her own music she's pursuing as well. Yeah, and so, so like working on yeah, it's yeah. like crazy art pop music, so sick. But and then Cameron's working on like a pretty true death metal band right now. That's like his thing that he's demoing out. So it's like, you know, they're my best friends before they're in my band, really. So for the time being, they're the live members. And if they're ever too busy, then like, you know, we've already talked about fill-ins for them as well. But yeah, it just made sense. I don't have to have band members. So I was like, I would rather have band members that are my friends. It's not like, I feel like a lot of times you hear people and they're like, well, our fucking guitar player or bass player. And it's just because like they needed someone to fill the slot because that's like what a band is. And then there's like some sort of contention. And I was like, well, I don't have to do that. You know, like, I already get along with these people. Why wouldn't they just be my band? Uh, and I guess this might be an awesome that's been coming, but are there? I know you did Australia. Isn't again, that's again, which one recent blogs. But I know that polyarts probably know. But are there any plans to kind of for UK tours? Yeah, so I'm really trying to. Um, the balance to be had is that I think people have a hard time picturing who I tour with. And so it's just a matter of like finding who are my my side by sides, you know, but yeah, no, I'm, I've started working with some uh, booking people that are out that way. So we're talking about hopefully later this year, I am going back to Australia this year. Mm -hmm. Hasn't been announced yet, but whatever, <laughs> but yeah, I would love to get over there. Hilariously. I am going to the UK this year, just on like a vacation with my girlfriend and not playing shows. So be watching. yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get over there. Nice. Yeah, yeah I've got enough friends over there now. We should just, I should just make it happen, but it's just a matter of how. Yeah, because there's like, you, and there are lineups, which I think, I don't know if you might if I push it, no, but like, I think in America, there probably are a few more bands that you can actually fit on a lineup, or do you really like, if you perform already, like from Joy, for example? Yeah. I don't think that kind of wave of experimentation is fully in the UK, because the UK is generally a bit more traditionally metal just because of. It's roots and yeah. yeah, I mean, I think obviously everyone's going to say Stat Dress, for example, as a tour. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. yeah, I, mean, yeah. But I think even like a festival like this, one like Outbreak, for example, but like Outbreak has a bunch of, especially now, variations of artists. So I don't, you know, even see why yeah. you could fit on Yeah, that. I would love to tour with uh, obviously Static Dress. So that's mm. no brainer. Uh, that band Harriet? Yes, I know Harriet, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that band's sick as fuck. Would love to play some shows with them. I've got this, um, my friends are in this band called Calva Louise, more like rock band based, but um, yeah, they're also English, but well, their band is English. They're not English. They'd be mad if I called them English, but I would love to tour with them. So it's like, you know, there's people over there. It makes sense. It's really just a matter of logistically like talking to the right people and getting it done. Because, you know, if all we got to do is get plane tickets and like, an NPC over there, then we'll do it. No stress. Yeah. And I guess kind of the Harriet thing does a nice preface for my next question. Because uh, I know you, historically you've talked about like the Code Oranges, the Timber Pars and whatnot. Um, are there any more, I guess, recent releases over the last like, I don't know, let's say the last like six months or so, which you've, I guess, just enjoyed it? What is, it's kind of like what you've been listening to question, but what new stuff have you enjoyed as well? I'm, I'm constantly like on the hunt for new things. Um, there's this band called Help, Help. and they're like noise rock. 
and it's terrifying, but also super cool. The album's called 2053. I've been listening to a lot of Street Fever. It's more like EBM sort of dance music. The Infinity Ring put out a new record, Nemesis and Nativity. It's more of like a folk, kind of like doom folk record, mm-hmm. but it's produced by uh, Zach Weeks, who's the assistant engineer at God City for Kurt. Okay. Um, so, you know, if Zach works on something, it generally is going to be awesome. Um, so I've been really listening to that record a lot. The new Harriet single that came out a few months ago was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, New Pupil Slicer, been listening to that a lot. Obviously, anything from Swamp Sound that comes yes. out, I've been listening to. Uh, what else? I'm trying to think of anything else that's been like a new and notable for me. The problem is, is that I'll download one new song and then yeah. I'll listen to ten old albums from like weird subgenres afterwards. So, but <laughs> uh, I guess there's a new Murr, isn't there as well? There's a new Murr and Iris out, which is probably maybe uh, my, yeah. my most listened to at the moment. Uh, yeah, the iris.exe stuff has been awesome. I mean, I said what's it, but I I think a collab between you two would be really cool. That would be yeah. If that would happen, that'd be yeah, amazing. I'd be super down for that. Actually, we talked about it not too long ago, but you know, like I said, it's like talking about getting lunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows if it'll happen or not? But yeah, otherwise, I've been listening to old stuff. So much uh, Boards of Canada, always Boards of Canada. That is like something that constantly comes back up in my music library. I'll go three months without listening to it, and then all of a sudden, it's like I pick one of their albums, and that's what I'm obsessed with for the month. And then, like all of my Bleak House friends, uh, my friends in Slime, their last EP, Track Ridden, that's what I've been listening to a lot. Ass Beater Mosh music. You know what I mean? Like, it's just has one intention and like they're great at it so yeah i need to go for the bleak house stuff because i only i stupidly assumed bleak house was just you and i was like last night i was like oh there's like six people on here um yeah so i've got to get like a two-hour train tomorrow to go to a gig so i've got i'm gonna put that i'll put the the bleak house people and then like help and street fever on there and give them a spin because yeah i'm always curious if you listen to